Yeah, we are on the top floor, which is interesting because, like, it's awesome because no one is above us and we don't hear, like, random cling-clanging, but every once in a while we'll hear what sounds like a million rats running across the ceiling. Um, and we went up one night after, like, hours of, like, what the fuck is this? There's so, it's so loud. Or, like, a 50-pound metal ball rolling back and forth. And I was like, Sean, this is insane. What is this? You've got to go scope it out. He goes up, and it's like a LaCroix can, or whatever you call it, going across. Oh, one of those seltzer cans? Yeah, it's like or a Budweiser. it's It's so amplified. There's something that it echoes. Because this is an old pencil factory. This was just a fucking factory. They didn't do shit. They just threw up drywall. There's probably no insulation between us and our neighbor. We can hear them clear as day. They can hear hear our weirdness. Yeah, I love it. They're probably looking forward to it. They're like, oh, I hope they get weird again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy, though. Like an army of ants, and it's actually like... (laughs) (laughs) Again, <laughs> of all things. Oh my lord! They used to make pencils here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool because like, I don't think this place has, like, it's not haunted. Yeah. You know, like, like it was just a place people went to work. They probably made a decent living. They probably got lead poisoning and just moved on with their life. And it doesn't feel haunted. Yeah. We're haunting it. Yeah. 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 We're like uh, with good vibes. Though. <laughs> Holy shit. We're definitely going to leave some ghosts behind. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to pass through your spirits like, why am I high now? <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely been people who've come over here and have been like, I just like get contact kind high. Contact high. Totally. Total contact high. Yeah. I feel like that. I, w- I went on the playa one year and I didn't have, I didn't do any psychedelics. It just being on the playa though got me like buzzed. Mm. Oh, I it bet was, it was like a memory high and contact high. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I could feel it with my sister Caitlin, who's never gotten high in her life. When when we're like smoked up, yeah, she's fucking smoked up. She like she starts laughing more because she could see everyone's. She just reads our vibe, and she could see everyone's a little looser. Yeah, it's contagious too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's been times where we've done like MDMA, and we had like our own room. At, um, his parents were staying at like a condo in Florida or Myrtle Beach or something, and we had our own room. And like, she never does this, but she, his mom comes up and he's like, she's like, Katie just like wanted to come visit you guys. In the middle now. of the night, we were peeking on Molly, <laughs> and we had our own condo. I in the middle that. of the night, we just get a knock on the door, and my and my sister is there, and she's such a sweetie, and like she's disabled. So my yeah. mom walked her up, and my mom's like, she never does this, but she really wanted to come up here. That's so sweet. It was sweet. like she felt it. Yeah. She yeah. could feel it. She She's felt the so. The first time we ever did LSD, we were across the country. Cass and I were in Seattle and we took three hits and we were out of our fucking minds. And the next day I wake up to a million texts from my parents and calls. And basically, Caitlin had had 14 grand mal seizures. It was like her worst night of seizures wow. in like decades that definitely wow. spooked us for a while because we're, we're like, like we oh should probably shit. be really careful what we do to our brains if we're this interconnected yeah you know? yeah wow it felt like we had had done something yeah almost yeah. like you were so open that she was like reaching out to you with her mind yeah trying to like connect mm-hmm. yeah i mean it kind of felt like that and also kind of feels like i kind of got this download that the page the words on a page aren't written until i turn the page Mm. and it has to do with kind of how i perceive things and kind of create your own reality and a lot of very tangible i mean as tangible as lsd examples of that kind of reality happening i was like oh man did all the stress all the fear everything that i went through last night contribute to a fearful 
version of reality you for know? someone else. For someone else. You probably well. feel that with your kid. Yeah, like we're your weird. experiences mm-hmm. are his experiences at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. I, I'm the container. Daddy's the container, mm. and and I'm also the kind of like the what is um how do you pronounce that? It's the thing that floats in the ocean. You can grab onto like the buoy. Buoy. The buoy. Yeah. yeah, the buoy. I'm his buoy. So mm. because of that, you know, whatever I'm feeling, he definitely gets that connection. He feels it. He echoes it. You know. So you know, if I'm waking up in the morning, I'm a little bit grumpy. He's just like you know, he'll react to it. If I'm like really really happy, then he'll react to it. So he's definitely reflecting imitating the words that i say reflecting the moods that i'm in you mm. know he's definitely but then it's funny because then he he has his own you know his own moods and then i'm just like oh okay and then i, I wind up reflecting him you know yeah so wow. so he's like curious or if i'm like working on my laptop he comes and shuts the laptop he's like we're gonna play now oh uh, wow. that's really and sweet. i'm like you know what we are let's <laughs> go make some lego bridges and lego this and then mm. we lego it up all afternoon it's really fun Oh, you man. know, and I, I get to I get to feel how he's he's different, like how his moods and the, and the the kind of musical melody of his moods are different. He has he has a different melody, different rhythm, mm. a different pace for his emotions. And it's very different from mine. So yeah. he is he's absorbing from me, but he's also like his moods are much shorter and more intense mm. because he's a kid. And, and so the, the emotions go in and they flow right out. Yeah. So if he's frustrated, he cries, he stomps and then it's gone. Right. So it's mm. like really short peaks. And then for me, my, my moods are more elongated. Because you're tamping down the frustration. You're not down. screaming it out or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> you're holding it back st- until you... you yeah, know. and the, between the mask and your inner self, there's all these like sponge-like layers. Uh-huh. And so all of those emotions kind of fill up the sponge and they just stay there until you squeeze it out. But you, you have a capacity to hold more. Right. Because the years have given you a larger kind of like holding space. But for him, his holding space is like small. So for him, it's like the emotions can just go in and out, in and out. It must be very powerful to be a father and also have the compassion to understand, like, he's experiencing reality for the first time. He's getting used to it. And I think sometimes yeah. parents forget how sensitive childhood is and how maybe overstimulating it can be. Yeah, definitely. He, I can tell when he's, when he's overstimulated and he just, like, needs a break. But I also, I, I can see him taking kind of step by step into reality and then taking the words that I, I say and they're like these bubbles floating and like, like bubbles you can see a, a kind of rounded reflection of the world on the bubble and so in his words I can kind of see the rounded reflection of reality on the mm. words but they're kind of floating by you know so for him words are things that are like floating by and once in a while something will get in that bubble and he'd be like oh that word means this but then that thing will slip out of the bubble again and the sound just drifts off. So he's like slowly getting the sound bubble and the thing lined up. But they're, they're flying all around all the time, you know? Interesting. And so it's interesting to see him experience language as something that sticks to things but also can fly loose and free. And then mm. he's just experiencing it with his body. So sometimes he kind of feels like a little like octopus, like a squid. Mm. And he's just very fleshy and smelly and touchy and tonguey. And he like licks everything. You know, he's like, yeah. he's, and so he's a very fleshy, you know, baby boy, toddler. And so he's like close to the ground and he's smelling things. And he's always running off with something in his mouth. And so for him, the world is sensory. Mm. It's not words. Like he's making sense of things by touch and smell and taste and touch you know, and hearing and all of it. So it's it's powerful because then it teaches me. It's like, oh, the world is actually not words. The world mm. is this. Totally. Yeah. I mean, 
my big thing that I really want to do is a month-long silent meditation retreat where supposedly if you go a month without speaking or hearing anyone talk, you start relating to the, your environment without the barrier of language. So you'll see a chair and you won't think chair. You'll just be with it and have this kind of um, mm -hmm. unfiltered presence uh, that's not filtered by, you know, these languages that we've that have been created and constructed and evolved over time and changed mm. based on where you're from or I feel like language is actually crude compared to what he's experiencing. Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's a useful tool, right? Yeah. But for both of you, especially as visual artists, I can imagine that when when the language is scraped away by say the silent month retreat, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a good trip, good psychedelic trip, whatever Being it is. Being in a foreign country, mm -hmm. uh, not non-English Not speaking. knowing the English. Yeah. Right. Like, it just scrapes it all off. Yeah. And and everything else just, it's like the voltage of presence just gets turned up. Right. You know, everything just becomes really bright and alive. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, th I think language is a tool, but it's so crude compared to like the, the sensory deliciousness that he's experiencing now mm. you know and i only get a small bit vicariously through him but even that small bit is so powerful mm. yeah i think about like i thought about you a lot during the pandemic and not just you but like your son and just like i, I wouldn't have thought this but i guess it could have been so predictable that they your son's gonna grow up in such a harder world than we grew up in like w everyone might have had tough times, but we weren't. We were living in soft times <laughs> compared to the way your son's going to grow up, whether you like it or not, or whether he likes it or not. Yeah, I know. He's I know. not going to come up in soft times, and I think to me, that's what produces a, a great generation mm -hmm. that could actually turn things around and and ma maybe actually do something. But um. Yeah, I thought about you guys a lot, and I was like, Man. I think I think about that all the time. I mean, so as as a journalist, I you know consume media a lot, and then you know as a scholar, I'm always reading, you know, even beyond my discipline of literature, I look at you know like on my shelf, there's um, environmental science, there's criminology, there's cultural, so I get textbooks from other other you know disciplines because I just want to be like, all right, I should have a broad field of knowledge, and so between those two streams of info. Yeah, and I just see, you know, the fires in the West Coast, you know, um, the, the migration hitting against the wall at the border. And, yeah. and then recently reading a New York Times report about how millions of people are going to be, like, pushed out of their countries, out of their villages and towns and yeah. small cities because of arid conditions, no rain, the grounds literally cracking into dust underneath their feet. Um, you know, burning air um, or floods that literally sweep away whole towns and villages. And oh. so, like, just a river of people all looking for some place. And yet it's and, and yet there's more than enough land in safe places, safe zones. Mm -hmm. And there's more than enough water, fresh water that we can make. There's more than enough food, especially if we chill out with the meat. So it, even with an earth that's less less habitable than the one that we grew up with, there's still more than enough, you know? Right. Yeah. And so the hardest thing for him growing up or the thing that I have to help him navigate is that he's going to experience a lot of panic that comes from the greed of the privileged. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to yeah. give up my, you know, McMansion. I don't want to yeah. give up my great zip code, you know? Right. And so there's going to, that's going to be where our social political situation becomes very, very, very combustible. Cause folks are going to, there's going to be a lot of privileged panic 
saying, no, don't take this. And yet there's going to be so many people literally at the gates saying we have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know, like the what we saw with the Central Americans the past, like, you know, two, three years is going to be nothing compared to what we see yeah. large. So, yeah, I think about that. And so part of me is like I have to teach him earth science. I got to take him to camp. I got to take him out to the wilderness. I need to mm-hmm. like show him, invite him and invite my friends who are who are ecologically minded to maybe be mentors to him, you know, um, drive around, like actually show him like not just the seasons, but how things change over time. So I want him to have a, a deep relationship with the earth and say, your generation has to have a much different and deeper relationship to the earth than mm-hmm. my generation did. We didn't have to have the earth as, as a fragile planet. For us, the earth was that beautiful image that we saw in the, in the satellite photos. Mm-hmm. But we can kind of take it for granted. So I, I grew up with the mentality of taking the earth for granted. He is not going to have that. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's going to have a whole different relationship yeah. to you know, to the ground, to the air, to the water. And that's good. But that means I have to change as much as I can to help him springboard to where he needs to be. Right. So, yeah, so part of me is like, he doesn't even know yet. I have to be the one to change first to help him get into the place where he can be, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. And that's hard because it means I got to let go of a lot of assumptions that I've had. Oh, totally. I mean, we got to show these little fuckers like – Hey, we might not have been great at it, but y'all are going to have to relate with this earth and each other in a way that, like you're saying, maybe we took for granted and maybe we didn't get good at. Yeah. And maybe we allowed social media to take over our lives and act as a proxy for real connection. But that's going to be the thing that helps your son and all the kids coming up have a good trip is learning how to relate and let the walls around your heart down. Yeah. And learning how to relate to a lot of different people because there's going to be a lot of different people and a lot of different levels of desperation. Yeah. And you just got to learn to have compassion and how to relate to them. Yeah. He's going to need, they're going to need an abundance of empathy mm-hmm. and innovation. Yeah. They're going to need right. both of those. And they're mm-hmm. going to need a, a media infrastructure that does not encourage the fetishization of small differences, mm-hmm. but right. a media infrastructure that actually shows, I mean, but the honest the honest reality, like the facts of similarity, like that yeah. we're very much more the same than we are different. Mm-hmm. And how do you work through the differences in a, in a way that helps everyone rather than use them as an excuse to build walls and barbed wire yeah. and guns and militias and all that stuff. But look, what does that stem from what you just said? The, this, the privilege panic. Yeah. Cause that filters out through the media. Cause I mean, who owns the media? Who's, who's sending out these messages and, and that's how they do it, man. Yeah. That's how they do They make us feel separated over, more and more dumb shit. And you see how stupid the culture war has gotten. Yeah, it's gotten really dumb. I was actually <laughs> thinking of, of writing, of, of, of submitting a letter to either Breitbart or uh, the National Review. And I don't know if I was do it in an anonymous way. Mm. But basically, like saying to like white conservative working class or middle class voters and starting off and saying, we need you. Mm-hmm. And, and basically just saying, look, the facts are that there's no way that all the work that needs to be done to make this planet sustainable, that one nation, one ethnic group, one gender, one, one class ideology can do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone has to be part of like a green, green new deal. Green new deal is not like a liberal thing. Like only liberals get job. Yeah. They're talking like about millions of jobs. Yeah. Do you really think all those millions of jobs are only going to go to like democratic socialists? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like no, <laughs> like are you going to need like millions of people? And that's just right. within the United States, the world, tens of millions. So, 
you know, part of it's like, look, you know, we can fight about stuff, fine, but in the end, we actually we we need a, we need for for you to make it as part of what you can agree to, whether like we agree that we should all have schools, right? There's some basic things that everyone agrees, no matter what your political ideology is. We need roads. Mm -hmm. We need clean water. Like, everyone agrees that. Well, fine. Can we just please make the Green New Deal something that both Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, revolutionaries and fascists, everyone can agree on? Mm. I promise we'll, we'll keep fighting. Yeah. We'll kill each other at some point. I promise you. <laughs> if that's really what yeah. you want, we'll get there. But, but in the meantime, can we just, like, yeah. agree to this, make it, like, you know, across the spectrum, common sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if people were more attracted to common sense, we probably wouldn't be in this predicament in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy right. Pelosi won't even bring it to a vote. You know, and that, that's what we're dealing with. That, that's, that's supposedly the good guys. Yeah. That's the good guys. I know, and it's, and it's odd because you get into this. You're, you're, it's like, you're, I feel like my mind is held hostage in a way because, like, you don't want to kneecap even, like, the, the liberal reformist because that's the, right now the face that you have in the halls of power. But then that gets stuck mm -hmm. between, it's not even a utopian vision. It's like just humanitarian. It's just like a practical thing. At this point, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm scared because I don't want my son's generation to grow up so angry and embittered that they actually wind up taking to revolutionary violence. Mm -hmm. Like on a generational scale because they're angry at what the, what the older generations have left them. Mm -hmm. you imagine? I mean, because I see an inkling of that, not revolutionary violence, but I see mm. an inkling of that anger yeah. in the Sunrise Movement, mm -hmm. where I see children like aware of what's happening yeah. in the way that children just are, like the emperor has no clothes. Like they, mm -hmm. they haven't bought into the system so much yet that they can't see reality. Mm -hmm. So they see the fires, they see the floods. Australia almost just became a tinderbox. Right. Yeah. right? So they see all this. And they're angry and they're like, what the fuck are you doing to us? Right. You're leaving this as our planet. So, of course, that generation will become embittered mm -hmm. and angry, you know. And so right now it's just protest. But I don't want my son's generation to grow up yeah. huddled in cities as, the, as like hurricanes are lashing the, the coast and angry. It's I know like, we're like well I don't know <laughs> how we're going to avoid that, avoid that. <laughs> yeah I mean I was running today and I was like wow I've never seen a gray sky with clouds like it's not a normal like it looks like a perfect day where it should be like these it's these white fluffy clouds but it's gray behind it because the smoke we're in New York and the smoke's come all the way from California yeah. and coated um, yeah. blanketed the whole nation yeah and somehow we're still I mean get not even able to fully comprehend how badly this needs our attention. Every everything. I have that's friends happening. in the Bay Area mm -hmm. that were joking around that they felt they were on a film set. Yeah. Because it was red. It looked like yeah. the moves, like the movies on Mars. You know, they're how they set yeah. in the red sky. Yeah. They're like, well, where's my space helmet? Right. Wow. <laughs> like yeah. I should like have like an oxygen tank. The Earth is screaming at us oh, from yeah. every direction, and yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to just leave it in, in the future's hands because I, I know that we're still so young and capable, but, uh, man, it's, it's going to take, it feels like it's going to take everyone to yeah. be on, on board. And I mean, do the aliens need to come? What needs to happen? What would the aliens say if they arrived? What would their ship look like? This what would, would be the say? worst time. <laughs> this, this would be like guests showing up at your house when you're in the worst fight with your partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the aliens showing up now would be such a fucking embarrassment. Yeah. We'd be like, look, we found some cool shit so far. Like, we found weed. 
we did find weed. We found some cool psychedelics. There's some technologies that helps us communicate better. I know you guys know how to do that already. Yeah, they're telepathic. But but they'd probably be like, what's with these fires and the thing? You guys didn't learn to like calm down the fossil fuels. You guys didn't learn that yet. You seem advanced you in some ways. You guys are still ways. caught up on gender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah, man. I feel like if the aliens actually showed up now, instead of like the awe or the wonder or even the fear, people would just be like, "Oh, well, 2020." Oh yeah, totally. They'd just be like, "Oh, of course. This is this. Of course, this is the year when the aliens arrive." Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. There's I no mean, better year. In some ways, the aliens have arrived by just our, you know, public acknowledgement of, you know, <laughs> yeah. unidentified flying objects from other worlds or however they positioned yeah. it. Yeah. Did you hear about in New Jersey, people thought that it was like a UFO? And it turns out it was a Goodyear blimp. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was from a distance. It looked like a flying saucer. And people oh were like, God. oh, my God, they finally came here. What the fuck? I'm sure people were like, take me. <laughs> it is so funny that there is the group of people that will, like, go up on the top of the building with a sign, like, I'm ready for the aliens. And then there's, you know. I think I am, too. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That'd be so fun. That would be great. Oh, man. Imagine oh, getting abducted. I saw Independence yeah. Day. That's not the place to be. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah you no. did, right? Because they were like, take me, and then they got zapped. Yeah. Right? I saw fire in the sky, you know, when they got that guy. Fucking, that looked goddamn terrifying. Yeah. But I smoked DMT. And, like, when I watch alien abduction movies and yeah. depictions and I read the stories, I'm like, yo, I think you just had a spontaneous release of DMT somehow. Because mm. that's kind of what it feels like. It's like getting pulled Pro- and <laughs> probed. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I have never tried. I heard DMT was that. It was like putting your brain and, and strapping it with a belt buckle on a rocket You've ship. You've never tried DMT? No. All these times we've hung out? Never. Wow. Never. never. We're always just chilling. We never. We, go, we, go, we get so high, we forget to get high. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I have a couple of friends who tried it, and they were just like, It'd be funny if it was like a doorway to like another part of the galaxy. You were actually like thrust there. I mean, yeah. And then you come back. I mean, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You have like a tinfoil hat. The first time I did it, I remember being like creeped out how familiar it, fa- it felt. So tell me about that. How, how, that's interesting. I was just like in a fucking crazy like m- pattern of uh, like Egyptian hieroglyphs and uh, like a Celtic maze. And it just like in a dome of just the most brightly lit those things and like um i just i I remember coming out of it and be like it just the the beauty of it was like you can't even speak to but also i'm like it like it felt like the most foreign place but it was also like is that where i was before i was born see like that's how i feel sometimes with the psychedelic state yeah however you get to it yeah and that it actually feels like oh yeah i've been here before it's like this other space next to this space like this other reality just really adjacent to this and then you step into it and you're like, oh, I remember this place. Yeah. I remember feeling very open and fluid <coughs> and mm. having your heart kind of turned into this like kind of like rainbow machine, mm. you know, <laughs> and you're just here and you're floating and gravity is kind of cut down to like a third and you're just like bobbing on the surface like like they did on the moon. You're just like mm-hmm. bouncing on the surface. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember this place. And after you've been there for a while and you get there again, you're like, oh, I miss this. Yeah. You know, and everything you touch turns to colors and the <laughs> the sounds enter you and they kind of like every single atom becomes a bell thing and like mm, your whole body's mm-hmm, ringing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's what heals you from uh, the fear of death, at least, even if it's temporary. Yeah. Because you uh, because what that feeling is, is you're not sucked in by the gravitational pull of your body and humanhood and your ego. Yeah. 
you're transcending that. So you're in this, you're in, sometimes if you take enough, you're in a place of very pure consciousness. And you know that conti- you, you can feel that that's going to continue without this body because yeah. you're taking a break from this body currently, you know. So it's, uh, wh- it's such a sacred reminder, such a sacred reminder, like, enjoy this ride. Yeah. This is a ride. Yeah. And enjoy this ride. Yeah. One time I was on a pretty good dose of LSD and I was, like, hopping along and we were out behind this, uh, at this event and we were walking on these, like, I guess, train tracky sort of things. And I'm like... I literally, it felt like a video game, except I just, like, took a step, and I just, like, fell down, like, six feet. Like, <gasps> just, like, blop. <laughs> Yo, it was so scary, man. It was so crazy. <laughs> Did like, you, like, your, were your feet, your I ankles? Like, your we were walking on, like, some sort of boardwalk, but, like, a few of the boards were out, and God knows how far that fucking thing dropped down. But all of a sudden, Cass is walking on it, and she's joking around, and she turns around to tell me and the boys, like, Keep an eye on Sean. He's going to well, fucking... I was like, I don't even know where I am. Keep an eye on Sean. Don't let him out here by himself. And like, <laughs> don't let him fall. And as she's saying that, she just falls and she's just like holding herself up. All of a sudden, all you just see is on Cass's the, head. On the, bo- on the board? Yeah, she's just like holding herself Whoa. up. And we're like, we're like, fucking Cass. And we're peeking on Ashley. Oh, no. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? He like pulled her out of there. Oh, no. It was fucking... Yeah, the underworld was calling. It was crazy because I was like, this is like the a under- video game. Yeah, the underworld where you yeah. just like pop in down and you're like, whoa, there's a down here. This is a video game. Yeah. You know, and, and like wow. I don't want to like, uh, you know how you'd play video games like you'd play Mario Brothers with your friends and they yeah. throw the fucking thing through the Like I was never that guy. <laughs> I always laughed at those guys. Because I'm like, it's so a seriously. game, man. Yeah. It's a fucking game. Yeah. We're supposed to be having Eat the game. marshmallow. Yeah. Marshmallow. Eat the mushroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> be that guy. Uh, on my deathbed, the clinging, throwing my remote, fucking like grudges, anger, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. nonsense, you know, rivalries, competition. I I want to practice like letting go in that sense every day. Yeah, every day because it's in me. It's in everyone. It's in everyone. Know? Yeah, it is. So yeah, I don't want to be the guy at the end of the video game that like took it too seriously. Yeah, when you realize it was a video game. A video along. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's the, that's the reminder is like. You couldn't possibly understand what's going. So why would you choose the the path of taking it so serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of like transcendent perspective. Like we're all like pixels. We're like flesh pixels. Yeah, right. And we're all just kind of like you know, and the colors vibrate a little bit. And like, and there's actually a soundtrack that we inherited from generations earlier. Right, and then like the yeah. whole game, the whole scaffolding of the game, and there's like Donkey Kong, like rolling the barrels, like yeah. all of these different games are games that we just inherited from the past, yeah. and we're playing. <laughs> and then one of our characters, it's like Ready Player One, we're like, I gotta get out of the game. Yeah. And then like you get out of the game, and it's like another game. You're like, how many games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get out of the game. Oh you know? man, and it sucks when you feel like you're not doing the game well because you're yeah. like, "Fuck, this is a game, and I'm fucking it up, and I can't. I keep stressing or worrying or yeah. making things worse or pushing people away because of yep. my fear." And it's like, or you're seeing the sacred reflections of like a, a partner, and you're like in a bad mood, and then you see that come back, and you're like, "Oh, I'm just so fucking bad at this game. I don't even want to play anymore." Yeah. That's like it's like great when you get like those like people who come into your life and they say, "You know, it's actually just not your game." Yeah. Right. It's not that the game is bad or good. It's just, this actually just isn't your game. But there's plenty of others. Yeah. Right. You know. And next thing you know, you're like in a detective game. You're like, oh, it's just the one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just you have to get into like a different game. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot of like too much seriousness in the in in all these. And I'm just like, we're just pixels, man. 
Mm. We're just pixels flashing briefly in eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sharing space, sharing Share time. Sharing space. And there's forces much larger than us with like their fan- phantasm hands on the joystick. Mm-hmm. You right. know? And there's some like ancient spirits like pushing the buttons. You know, and next thing you know, we're like, oh, Wooken. Like, mm. we're, just, <laughs> we're just doing, like, the upside-down spinning kick, you yeah. know? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, and it kind of makes you wonder. At least it makes, it makes me wonder, like, you know, what is what – is, is, is freedom real? Or, you know, are we just, in a sense, kind of like the, the play dolls of, like, larger forces that we can't see? Mm-hmm. And so we have the, the feeling, the experience of being free, of making choices. But it's because we can't see the whole other levels of existence in which, you know, so many things are already predetermined, you know, like yeah. energy and matter are going to flow in this way. And this is just the way it is. And yeah. it's just only because our consciousness is so limited that we can't see mm-hmm. that we actually aren't free. You know? Yeah. And that freaks me out, you know, because I'm just like, <laughs> then I started like holding my, my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and I started holding my son. I was like, you're free. Oh, my God. I can't wait Where for my son you? to, like, speak to me in some old voice. Like, no, you're not, Dad. <laughs> I just came from eternity. I'm still I'm still fresh <laughs> from the other side. And I'm telling you, nothing is out there. <laughs> you're not free, Dad. I'm like, no. <laughs> my son is talking to me like a fucking oh wizard. Oh, my God. I, there are those people, these kids that get born, and they like, they're like, take you to some... Uh, unknown burial site where they were murdered murdered in a past life and solving mysteries the somehow fuck? there that there are stories like this of crazy <laughs> stuff happening great. where where kids come into the world and they are so fresh on a past life they're like i need to go to ireland and i need to show you this <laughs> place behind the bar <laughs> and they're like, and I mean, <laughs> right i got work to do they you got work to do pick a bone it's like this was my femur oh my god your kid comes down and all of a sudden he like is trying like researching how to kill some guy that's from, yeah you know, Holy <laughs> shit. Who, who killed his wife <laughs> wow wow childhood revenge killers like and they're just like past life shit past life yeah. revenge killers man I, d- I do think that <laughs> like that's great everything you just said really resonates though like it's uh like it feels more and more i'm like yeah yeah that's just a pattern playing out but what i do feel like we're free to do is wake up yeah like and that that's what feels like to me is like the only game now everything else feels like uh a symptom of whether or not I've chosen to wake up that given moment or that given day. Or a fucking you know? detour where you're like, yeah. oh, I could get uh, detoured with desire and lust and all this stuff yeah. or, or pursuit of money or financial gain or uh, revenge or vengeance. But it's all just a detour Detours. from presence in the moment. Yeah. Not thinking you need to do someone s- something. Someone yeah. needs to do something. You're just like accepting things as they are. Yeah, yeah, right. There's so many of those detours. I, you know, it's odd. I, I feel sometimes like we live in a, in a like late stage capitalism could be described as an economy of detours. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I don't think like I don't think it's like some nefarious like stroking the white cat conspiracy theory. I just think every company is just doing what they think is profitable for them. But the aggregate, like all of it combined, means that there's just all these detours, yeah. all these things to take you away from being in the moment and being present. Yeah. These are like, you got to get this. You got to get that. You got, oh, did you buy this? Is this on layaway? Did you put this on your credit card? Mm. What about this? I, I, don't, I don't see this in your closet yet. What about on your, sh- on your store, your shelf? It's not in the fridge. Do you have something new in your parking garage? Like, there's all this stuff, and it's just constant, like, detours, and you're just you're oh, losing. And, and your then you go into debt because you need that thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. And you got to take the job. Got to take the job. You can't be a creator in, in the pure sense. You yeah. Know? 
And God forbid they raise the minimum wage to a living wage because then people would maybe not only need to t- need not more than one job or whatever yeah. it is. And you're so right because I, I, at every job that I've seen, I've seen basically people have to constantly be reminded to do their job mm-hmm. because they're always looking for detours because no one wants to be there. Yeah. Right. Right. I remember I was at this one Burning Man and they had the gauntlet. And the gauntlet was like four or five people standing and le- their legs were open like wishbones and they were all naked. And mm. you had to be naked too, and you crawled underneath their legs, and under every pair of genitals, you took a shot. So you took like twelve or like fifteen shots of alcohol. Of alcohol, and it sounds like, horrible. Oh, it's, it's torture. And then at the end, there's like a bucket in case you gotta puke. Hopefully Which you, you should. Do. Which yeah. you should. Yeah. <laughs> and so like you're just you're out of your mind. You're just seeing like a row of like genitals. You know, they look like curtains. You know, cocks. Everything's just. <laughs> and it's just like. And then so afterwards, I it, like you know, there's someone you know, like some general looked like Sigourney Weaver's mouth, like it was just crazy. <laughs> and and at the end, I was just like, "What the fuck? How did you guys think about this?" And he, and he, this is the detour. They said, "Well, we all were working at a movie theater, and while the movie was playing, we got bored." And That's so what they came up with. Next thing you know, we're like, "Let's just get naked while the projector is going," and we just came up with a gauntlet. And I was like, "This happened in the middle of movies." Wow. And they were like. Damn. And I was just like, oh, I love America. Oh, I, think, <laughs> I love. I think what America really has more of than any other country per capita is freaks. Like they're here. They're here. Yeah. They're here. And it's because our, our system, like we, we try to project freedom, but it's, it's like super oppressive in so many ways. Yeah. And there's like, like you get indoctrinated and educated to go get jobs and do it a certain way and accumulate the debt pay yes. off the debt and and put off your happiness put off your happiness put off your happiness and then you'll have this this orgasmic burst at retirement and then you'll die and people want to deviate we love deviation we're good mm-hmm. at it here yeah we're really good at deviation here yes and that's a good thing that's a it's a good thing so there's a lot of fucking freaks here in america and like we love finding them but so we've devoted yeah, our life you've to done it. so many can documentaries about yeah. freaks yeah do you think the freak is the other indigenous person of the united states oh man <laughs> i yeah, think it's so a spirit that's it's a spirit it's yeah. a freaky yeah it's a freaky vibe yeah it's totally. a freaky vibe i totally. know that the no one frees me more than the freaks yeah what was that zappa quote that yeah. he um freaks are people who don't find comfort in the um yeah fitting into the, the the mass of people than in the numbers they don't they don't freaks aren't more comfortable when they fit in you know no. or they don't care about finding comfort in the the they don't seek of solace in the, in the safety of numbers the yeah. freak a freak wouldn't seek seek the solace in the safety of numbers instead they would recognize how different they are and appreciate that about everyone else or the safety of ideas yeah mm-hmm. i think for a long time in my adolescence way way too too long into my 20s late 20s I think I sought the safety of ideas. Mm. And I think I, you know, I clung to, you know, Puerto Rican nationalism, black nationalism. And then I saw that those were dead ends. And so then went to the left and like, and all of these ideologies. And I think a lot of it was seeking the safety, seeking the the buoy, right? Right. Seeking something to hold on to when life was like that turbulent ocean. You thought you were going to drown. And yet when I let go and I just let myself sink underneath the surface of the waters was a whole kind of like, 
you know, city of mermaid city freaks. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, like, all you had to do was just let go of this pretentious mask. Let go yeah. of this idea that this is this important person is who you are. Mm. I was like, really? Fuck off. Look at all these beautiful freaks. Yeah. You know? Look at that. Like, remember that, the concert that you filmed in your documentary? Right, the the clown, the Im- insane, uh, insane clown posse. American yeah, and I was like, look, I was just like, look at all these beautiful freaks. I know, and they're smart. And too. they're smart, mm-hmm. like 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 because they know the bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and well, the and and they've they've been bullied, and it's like yes, yeah. It it you know the, they're they're very pure, they're very pure people, and yeah. they're freaks. They're definitely freaks. We've yeah. met some freakier freaks. We I mean uh, we've we've met and spent extended time with freaks that are so freaky. I would never bring a camera around them yeah i know because you're almost <laughs> like i want to protect like just it's beauty. just it can't be can't it's just, just yeah you know and, and that's okay that's that's okay you know it's odd because like when you say that i think I, I think that's why i appreciate literature like more and more yeah as opposed to what's now passing as literature some of its propaganda but um like so like so when i'm at burning man i have so many experiences that are really fit they fit snugly in literature like stream of consciousness genres surrealism because those genres of literature are perfect for things that happen at on festivals mm-hmm. and then but i then i see how events not just burning man but others are like are advertised and it's always about like the big art cars it's all about like the big dresses and i'm like that is a very kind of visually dominant spectacle focused version of the event Mm-hmm. But what really makes that event is all the conversations that happen in the half shadows. Right. All the conversations that happen when, like, you barely know someone's face and then you see, like, a flame coming up from an art car and you can see them just for a second. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then it's darkness again. Yeah. You know, it's like all those weird, like, nonverbal kind of grunting musical rites of passage, movement exercises, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Which does not belong or fit on camera. Mm-hmm. Right, you couldn't really capture that. You couldn't capture that. You could write about it. Yeah, you could write about it. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like, so I'm realizing like, oh, like different genres are are more able to to to, to be a vehicle for different experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. just like I feel like some of the deep deep freakiness. I don't I don't think that some of the the kind of the vehicles that we've established now in like the modern media are really good for them. No. You know, I think it's almost like you need older, more archaic modes. Absolutely. Of like expression to actually be like, no, this is how crazy it gets. Yeah. You know, and and then also to preserve it, to preserve it. You know, there's got to be a freak preservation society (laughs) because you don't want to scare them off. You know, Like a nature preserve. This should be like a freak preserve. Like we just need like a space with no like double consciousness, no surveillance. Just keep this place sacred and free for the Mm -hmm. freaks. I mean, the the part of the reason the freaks can thrive, though, is because they don't have that safe sanctuary that it is like an oppositional force that they know that they have to despite... Everything ch- funneling them towards, you know, the house and the mortgage is just say like, oh, yeah, yeah fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing is if, if there was an infrastructure that allowed for like working class life, you would actually have more freaks. Yeah. Because if you had Medicare, like free Medicare for all, if you had college for all, if you had like, you know, at least affordable housing, good quality. Like if you had that and that was just a human right, mm-hmm. then the pressure to be the mortgage, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. monogamy, marriage, like the whole, like all the triple M's, like all that would be relieved yeah and all of a sudden people would be like yeah there's like a big f on their chest yeah you don't know if it's like fuck you or freak but it's not good for the war machine it's not good for the war because the more freaks there are the less wars there are 
And the more, you know, when you give that free education, you're going to have, you know, you you disarm the war machine in like two generations. We're like, no, 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 no. We don't kill anyone over anything. Yeah, we freak it out. We freak it out together instead. (laughs) We say we got to settle this in a freak sesh. In a freak fest. Yeah. Freak it out. Freak off, people. Yeah, this is going to have to be a freak off. Before it comes to guns, (laughs) we're going to have a fucking freak off. Bring your freakiest. Wasn't it at the like Rajanish or uh, whatever that they would like all like have this ecstatic explosion where they started like punching each other in the face? Oh, Oh, my God. When I think of freak off, that's. That's what I, I think of. I think hey, of people if it in a comes room. to that, it comes to that. But yeah, but be honest about the freak, right? Yeah. Freak off, and yeah. then whatever that goes, let it go. Yeah, like you can go in the Fight Club room if you must. If you must, yeah, but that's just one room. There's so many other. Yeah, there's so the many room. better experiences than the Fight Club room, but that's yeah. available. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's so good. I love that. I love the idea of like, like all the nuclear weapons dismantled, all the tanks dismantled. There's no weapons, and it's just lines of freaks and like kind of like day glow colors and like crazy like Rambo hats on and like yeah. Mohawks and shit and holding like Nerf football shooters mm. and they're just like and they like yeah. charge each other like Braveheart nice. you know <laughs> and then it's like someone shooting like paints and someone else is shooting like LSD like oh it's just oh my god and it just becomes like this crazy weird like freak orgy in the middle of the battlefield yeah have you ever like uh, and th- this happened to me at space camp a number of times mm. like where you're you're laughing so hard <laughs> like that you forget and you're, you're, you don't even know what you're laughing about anymore and you're yeah. with a few people and everyone's laughing so hard <sighs> I picture like waves of that breaking out like you, you yeah. know like like a contagious years long decades long like what are we laughing about again the whole <laughs> city of Cincinnati right now like what it, like <sighs> wait we forgot about work oh my god everyone forgot about the bills like you know to like that that freak wave coming over where we're like we're post capitalism. We've said, look, we're throwing our hands up. Good yeah. lord, we can't do this we can't anymore. Do this anymore yeah. We can't fucking do it. Can we just fucking laugh about it? <laughs> as uh, just laughing un like just totally unabashedly yeah. laughing as we disarm the nuclear weapons, as mm. we get the troops home, as everybody starts melting the weapons in ceremony. Yeah, you know mm. all that kind of fucking and and That's just eating perfect. good. Eating good. Everyone fucking sitting down and just like fucking laughing our asses off. And everyone getting their hands dirty and being like, look, a lot of work goes into growing food. We all got to like yeah. do yeah. our part, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, get your hands dirty, right? See the worms crawling in there. Yeah. Clean off the spinach or the lettuce. Yeah, turn these uh, gymnasiums or whatever into hydroponic pl- places. Play, yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turn the military bases into like, you know, just like, like you said, like, like farms. Totally. Start growing, uh, using hemp, hemp for cars and because and yeah. they hemp for paper, all this <gasps> stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, it's just imagine like if like the whole war machine was turned upside down instead of it was like a fun machine. Mm. Yeah, all the military bases. Yes. Well, basically, like you know, if you walk by, you see children's parks everywhere. Yeah. Like imagine like adult th- parks. It's like a fucking Epcot Center. Epcot L- Center. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, like, if you're feeling aggressive, angry, jealous, yeah, you know, snarky. You can throw in that sumo suit. Fucking punch a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then people are like, oh, this is better than a real career. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to do one of those indoor skydiving places. Oh, that would be fun. It looks like it hurts to me personally it looks like it would indoor hurt indoor skydiving right so it's like you jump off and then you you're in a fan you're like oh, 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 oh wow that would be tight yeah wow yeah, totally. 
That would be fucking amazing. Yeah. Especially on the psychedelics, you'd just be like, you'd imagine like layers of yourself flying away <sighs> totally. until you're like a Mexican like skeleton. Oh, like a healing thing. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, we're going to prime you. You're going to get in this wind blowing <laughs> machine. And as you are, you're going to feel the layers of your past self and all these past traumas flow off of you like give them a deep visualization and then mm. have like this music and this thing going and yes. let go of yes. fourth grade what is your most prominent memory from fourth grade let go <laughs> of it you know and then just have these uh i don't know i felt that the other day we um tripping out someone had a tuning fork and oh wow i threw that up on my yeah. forehead and my <laughs> chest and i was like because I felt the cellular vibration yeah. happen. I always thought yeah. that stuff kind of nerdy, you know? Like, yeah. Little yeah, tuning like, forks and stuff, but. The people that brought it out, though, they weren't nerdy. No, we no. We were, like, looking up to them, and I was like, you got one of those, I'll try it. But it just, and 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 connecting, and I think that's the, the perfect reason to do LSD. I think the thing, thing about doing LSD is, like, you take the littlest experiences of, um, you know, a tuning fork and you can experience it in such a profound connected way where you amplified amplified where you can really tap into what it's actually doing to you and then when you do that you can then take that up into your daily life i'm just i'm adding this to the freak storm whatever no this is great this that's a that's a (laughs) that's a totally needed like that's a freak ride right there just a tuning fork getting all your chakras lined up like all of your cellular things turning into like you know confetti yeah, it's a, yeah, it's got it's a little spliffy. Yeah, there's a regular one. Right Do you want there. a regular spliff? No, this is wrong. Ah, you brought some wine. The only time we drink. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, I love I love having a glass of wine with you. Yeah. Yeah. We love hanging out with you in general, man. Yeah, I love. I'm I miss you guys so much. <laughs> and I, I know. was like so happy when you like when you sent the text, and I was just like, yes. Dude, pretty much every <coughs> every like season of of this podcast is either like started or ended with you it's like we yeah. do one with you and then it's pretty much a countdown to like when is it appropriate to have nick on again well we love you first and foremost but you're right. literally partly back because of popular demand like i do get emails like hey when are you gonna have nick on again i really could use his uh, oh, uh poetry m- medicine and i'm like yeah. yeah no i know us too but it's like a little soon <laughs> he's gonna think we're kind of <laughs> we need to start our own offshoot podcast together i guess oh yeah that would be fun that would be great actually mm-hmm. that would be you know it's great because it's like part of me is like so one i love you i love both be- be- because you. You. you always o- you always allowed for like my my creative freak soul to just be accepted yeah and i don't have to be like the pretentious long-winded professor like sometimes i get into that vibe because it's my job yeah but i'm just like oh i could writer just be writer or know? up on a stage oh, you know god you know so it's nice to just relax with like people who are just real and yeah just Same. Real. you know what i mean it'd I'm be funny if we ever did and I'm sure these once things are back to normal, these opportunities will arise if we ever did a live event. Because I know you do them all the time, and now we're, like, kind of dipping our toe in that. Like, could we achieve this with, like, a bunch of people watching us? I think oh, it would yeah. be even better. I think it would be even Because we hold yeah. ourselves to a better standard. There could be some audience engagement. We could, you know, yeah. And you always feel deeper. the flow of the audience. And that's the thing. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. Whenever I listen to to audio recordings of, like, you know, big famous speeches, whether it's like, you know, MLK or Malcolm X or Gloria Steinem or, you know, or, or Harry, uh, Harvey Milk. Like I listen to them and it's interesting how they channel the emotions of the audience. Mm. And that's what's interesting. Like for three of us right here, this is a very kind of like, it, this is our strange brew. 
Totally, but I do feel that I'm if I tap into it and I try to tap into it, I'm channeling the emotions of the people who will be watching this. And yeah. if I leave space for that to be like, oh, I started talking about this thing. I don't even know why I'm talking about this thing. Someone writes me and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you talked about this thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, it, with intention, I think that there is possibility for um, yeah. podcasting to take on that form and kind of energy exchange, too. I, I think at least I know that I am more able to do that now with a place of integrity exactly because being a father. Mm. Right. You know, and I think that before I was I was a little bit fame hungry in part because growing up without a father, I had to create my own self. And so part of that, the creation <laughs> of that self was being recognized by others. And when I had my son, all of a sudden that just shattered. Mm. Mm. Interesting. It really did. It just shattered. All of a sudden I was like when I felt like when I felt him like kissing me and, and hugging me and asking me for food, all of a sudden like that squid love like that very mm. kind of tactile fleshy yeah like right. i just i'm i'm here and and also my the sense of my own mortality like it's obvious he's gonna live beyond me by decades yeah right. especially because i had a kid late like yeah so for me i was like oh you know i just want to enjoy the physical experience of going out and kicking the ball mm -hmm. you know and so all of a sudden like my world became much more focused on this and not on like like an external like audience and so for me, like the only reason to be in front of people is like, is there something that I can say or do that can help you? Like it's right. much more service oriented yeah. mm -hmm. rather than like, you know how it is. Like you see people when they're just like, oh, yeah. I mean, that, I, that's the only you, reason I can yeah. do this is because I don't even want attention. I want, but I want to, be, I want to <laughs> offer something, yeah. you know, and I have to find out what that is by just doing it and being kind of uh, unabashed about it. Yeah. It's so funny. I heard, um. Joe Rogan say the other day that, you know, I didn't realize this, but his dad like walked out of their life when mm -hmm. he was really young. Mm -hmm. And uh, the person on the podcast was like, well, do you know him? Do you know if he's still alive? Do you know where he is? And he's like, yeah, he's alive. And he, they were like, well, does he know who you are? And he's like, yeah, I mean, his name's Joe Rogan. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Talk about like but cosmic yo, in, attention in or moment, something. Yeah. I was like. I know why he pushes so hard. Yeah, exactly. I know why he's the guy that has to get the biggest deal ever. And yeah. Put out more podcasts than anyone. And there's fucking epic three hour, you know? And yeah. I, mean, I feel like in that moment, I was like, oh, I get it. I get I, it. I see like to what you were saying, like, are we even free? You know, or is a pattern playing out? Yeah. It's a pattern playing out. You know, and I could see that my son has is building a different pattern. Mm -hmm. Because I'm I'm always there, like, mm -hmm. I, and he knows that I'm always there. So what it does is it makes him very confident, so he can explore. Right. And he's like, oh, he looks behind, and there I am, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's not going to have, he's going to have a much more grounded, rooted personality because he's not going to feel the need to try to recreate himself in public for other people. Right. Totally. Right. But then there's a weird thing that comes with that that if you have to recreate yourself, you're always aware of a certain emptiness inside, with which is both lonely but also a place of creation and experimentation mm -hmm. where you can actually experiment with things because you're not quite formed yet. You don't have like the father's face as like a, a kind of like 17th century armor that you have to wear to like wrong his rights or right his wrongs. You know right. what I mean? Like you don't have to do that. And so there's, there's this weird double movement that I've seen with men in that and women, I think, with that personality type in which they, they're like, I'm, I need attention to create myself. But the very fact that I have, like, this empty space inside means that I'm always a little bit suspicious of other people's mask. 
Yeah. And so you wind up having the thing of like, look, I know you're, I know this is bullshit. Let's get to the real. What does Joe Rogan do? Isn't he always like, come on, this yeah. is not, this is bullshit. Let's actually get to the real. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what both people love about him, and also gets him in trouble. Mm-hmm. But also with everyone else, right? Like, there, there's that, there's that kind of personality type archetype that I've seen in the, in right. the media. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I heard someone say the other day it was with Sean, and they were like, yeah. I mean, I don't believe in like attributing everything to mommy issues. Like your mother's not the source of all your problems. And then I had this moment where I was like. Sean, I don't know. Like, I can almost say because I have such a good relationship with my mom that it maybe is attributed a lot to your mom because I'm on, like, the flip side of, like, I feel pretty chill in this universe and I can actually take a moment and be like, thanks, mom, for being dope and mature yeah. and the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it's real. It's real. It's the real. The family connection, our container of being raised in the universe and how safe we feel is, like, you have to do, and that's what I think a lot of people are waking up to and have the opportunities to reparent themselves. Yeah. You know, you need to find that place in the universe where you feel safe and cared for and you can do that for yourself See, but okay so mm-hmm. this is the thing that the black literary tradition has taught me and i feel that the european immigrants becoming american white didn't have this and it could have helped them a lot mm. in the right. black literary tradition there is a very very deep focus and awareness that the economy obviously in the slave narratives it was slavery can get in the way of family connection and love rip families apart you're going to be sold here you're going to be sold over there Mm -hmm. and so your heart literally is like where's my where's my dad where's my mom like like Mm -hmm. your heart is being ripped out of you because you're like where is it and and i think in the in the european immigrant literary tradition and consciousness if there was more attention of like do our jobs rip us away from each other Mm. yeah and rip us out of ourselves and because that was vitally important to be aware of in the black literary consciousness tradition i'm like man if that was just if that awareness just crossed over all of a sudden people on mass would be like why are we doing all of these things that like rip right. us away from each other mm-hmm. when we just want to hang out with fam like not all because it's always that asshole but like <laughs> you know what i mean like you want to like grill hot dogs and like kick back with the beer and just you know take a couple of shots and just hang out with people and just yeah. chill and, and then and hear the stories hear the stories of your grandparents of your parents all the stuff that they didn't tell you but all of a sudden now that they're feeling loose and free they tell you mm-hmm. and like you really almost like discover your family all over again like you're constantly always rediscovering them yeah Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, man, like, I just, I wish that that, it's not, ide- it's not even ideology. It's just biological. It's human. It's just, like, we love to love each other, and yet we're in an economy that's constantly demanding that we sacrifice the most primal forms of yeah. love. Yeah. To, to like, spend an hour, hour, two hours commuting. Yeah. You know? <sighs> fucking driving, just getting there. Just getting there. The jig is up on that. Yeah. yeah I, think that I mean, this, yeah, this melted I mean, that away. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my mom's job ca- had her glued to that cubicle fucking for decades. And then this, all of a sudden, she can do the same job from home? Like, the whole time? The whole well, fucking time. Well, and I just have to say, this is, I'm not trying to correct you, Sean, cause you, but I also need think it's important to note that in the last five years or whatever, they went from cubicles where she could have personal conversations that sometimes during the day to like a long table where everyone's, uh, exposed Oppressive to each other lighting. you can't have privacy on your computer you can't have privacy on your phone calls yeah. and the lights she's like they literally give me a headache they're so bright and so like flickering and it's for a reason i, I like used prison. to talk to her every day on the phone yeah when they switched to that office setup i stopped talking to her every day it's I for a reason because the they want the uh the they want to think that they're getting more productive but the truth is she's less productive when you just are like constantly not in a safe container 
Yeah. It, it's yeah. I mean, when when Japan or whoever went to a four day wait work week, the Microsoft did, they ended up seeing like productivity raised 30 percent. I'm totally making up those numbers, but it was something along those. Yeah, lines. it was more than that. Yeah. It was yeah. 80 percent. Because we work in spurts like you build yeah. yourself up to work and then you work yeah. and, and you get a lot done. Yeah. But, you know, that's the thing is it takes emotional labor to even get to a place where you're working. Yeah. Right. Like, doesn't it take like yeah. you got to be like, oh, I got to you know, mm-hmm. you fuck around on your cell phone for a little bit. You know, you look at some Facebook and then you're like, OK. And then you hammer out like three or four pages. Yeah. We can be so successful if it's like, all right, we're going to anchor down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are successful and we have been successful because we put concentrated. It's not more. we put concentrated energy and intention into the work nice. that we do and the work that we produce. And we live otherwise a creative. I'm um, cool. That's great. Thank you, Nick. Um, we live a very creative and inspired existence so mm. that when we sit down to write the pitch and do the job and put together the numbers we have like spaciousness to do that with ease and inspiration and and creativity but see the thing so if we're doing that with ease and creativity and i, rem- I remember like there was this funny episode of blackish where they were trying to get their kids to be more creative and they were like, oh, be like Steve Jobs. Walk and think, right? Like, so, like, somatic motion, like walking, mm-hmm. using your body will help you think. But the thing is, like, so we're entering the place where we're the creative, where we're a creative class. Like, some of us, not even all of us, but just some of us. And then there's some all around the world that are part of this kind of creative class. And we're discovering, like, what we need to be creative. Like, we need to walk and be a little bit more free and open. Do you think that that lesson also is important for people in other types of jobs most definitely every there's so much skill in service in the service industry it's so unacknowledged that they call this unskilled labor do you know how much skill it requires to deal with the human public non-stop and all their fucking bullshit it's like it takes a level of grace and humility and attention to detail and all this stuff that it goes so unappreciated but i agree that creativity and all those forms could help um the whole machine runs smoother and people be happier. I mean, they have uh, studies where they have two rooms and they have a, you know, a blank conference room and then a conference room with, with one plant and the, and the group that is in the room with one plant has like so much better ideas. They just, they can draw on something to help them. And so it's just, it's, it's like a little example like that, that shows me that every single human deserves to have, their creativity fostered because it helps all of us. And why would you not want to have a better world and a more creative and innovative uh, from every level of the thing? Yes. 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 Amen. That's the future that we're, that like, I think that we always talk about when us three get together, you know, it always takes different on language. It's so funny, but here we are still talking about like rendering out a brighter future and that there is possibilities for this amid amongst everything that's happening. Like yeah. we need to have the energy and the hope to see our dreams come to fruition because people who are listening to this podcast, you are devoted to optimization. You are devoted to love. You're devoted to getting close to your family. You are devoted to exploring inner parts of yourself. You are in a prime position to keep fostering that and following your ideas because I want to see their ideas out in the world. And the best thing I think we can do right now is support each other and, and, and say like, look, I need, we're doing this because we want to impress you. We need you to do your thing so you can impress us. And, and we can take this thing a little further and move into a more powerful and, and, and loving rainbow existence of freak shows and in the, in the best of ways, you know? Well, I, I think that's, what's important about like you call it rendering it out constantly is just being like, this is, this is what's in us. It's in all of us. We're not special. 
we're just taking a little more of a chance than most people would even consider. Mm. And that that's all it is. We're not special. We're not more creative or more freaks or whatever. Everyone has it in them. But I feel like the the freak show future we're talking about, like our beautiful psychedelic socialist future that we always come <laughs> back to, yeah. is beyond even um, lowering ourselves by... Uh, by calling the masses workers, mm. like it's let's it's we got to get beyond that. We're creators. We're we're all creators, and I just see a, a a future where like whole cities and and many generations are devoted to art projects, and and that's uh, that's where the the jobs are. But we're not workers. We're creatives. You know, we're saying fucking cincinnati ohio we're yeah. fucking building the new pyramids and these things are gonna last and like they're gonna be well that's the green new deal yeah like, the solar you know? powered the, pyramids yeah, yeah exactly solar powered pyramid yeah really doing doing things like that yeah. where we're handing the the baton over generations and we're we're teaching each other through these massive art and renewal projects how to care for this place again Yes, you know, yes, and how to acknowledge yes. our temporary place here. Yeah, and on, and just ongoing art projects where we're all learning, we're all constantly educating ourselves and learning new crafts because you learn a new craft and you can join up on this art project for six months mm -hmm. and meet all these other freaks Freak, that yeah. are doing this ongoing thing over here and, and this ongoing thing over there. And what's so cool about it is like one of the best states to be in is to be a state of flow. And mm. that is what we That's should be up. nurturing in people is like, how yes. can we enter states of flow, flow. individually, but also together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do we harmonize? Yeah. How do we harmonize as a people? Yeah. And that harmony, that flow has to constantly be reinvoked and opened up and the floodgates out because, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's part of our genetic heritage to go to whole in-group, out-group thing. Mm. You know, it, it's just, yeah. You know, it's it's what we carried over from when we were struggling on the savanna, like <laughs> like whatever, a right. hundred thousand years ago. So it's like, in kind of being humble with that, saying, okay, we always need the flow to bring us back together again. Mm -hmm. Like the flow is deeper than that fear, you know, because the fear was always of like this other tribe or whatever they're going to take something from me. But that fear is not as deep as like the the need to actually like keep each other warm and food and safe and be together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we always it's like. It's like instead of seeing the flow as like fulfilling an economic need, it should probably be seen as feeling like a human need. Mm. We need the flow to be to be to rehumanize ourselves to each other because deep inside of us is the seed of otherness. There's mm. a seed of anger towards the stranger. There's right. a seed of fear towards the stranger. And it was, you know, planted in there by nature, mm -hmm. you know, for a good reason back in the day. And now I think it's probably outlived its usefulness. But we don't have like the genetic tongs to take out that seed of yeah, it's it's partly the task that's upon us. Like, not only do we need to repair in ourselves in yeah. the places that we were let down, but we need to do exactly what you're saying yeah. and and, and uh, tap into that as well. Yeah, and just be like, okay, I I know that hate can grow from this seed. Mm. Mm -hmm. I know that it can. Like, it's that's what history tells me. Genocidal hate. Yeah. So we have to do the great unlearning. We have to unlearn <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And we need a flow and like new pyramids that we all build together so we can say, okay, we did that. And yeah. in doing that, we became we. Yeah. If, to me, it really keeps coming back to this feeling of feeling safe. 
Because I know, mm. like, when I'm in a, the most vulnerable states on psychedelics, what I remind myself and what helps ground me is, like, in the infinity of life where I am right now, all is whole, perfect, and complete. Mm. I am safe. You know, I'll say that to myself, and it just, like, it calms my nervous system. It allows me to be more present. But I think if we can do this collectively, and we have everything telling us the opposite, like, Donald Trump's going to kill you. Biden's going to kill you. Everyone's going <laughs> to kill you. Everyone's going to come kill you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I know. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right. That's the thing. That's the thing that has. I guess you know, it's odd. Like there's a there's an infrastructure of like safety. Like who gets to feel safe and who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And the constant work, which benefits everyone in the end, is more and more people feeling safe. That's why we need Medicare for all. Yeah. More than anything in the like, we're so we are interconnected. The health of our brothers and sisters is our health. You know, we need to tap into our connection and remind ourselves that taking being healthy is so much more than your own individual experience it's it's what you see and what you look at and how 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 you see. It, it's more than surviving yeah that that's what our health care system is about it's yeah. like helping you survive a little bit more in this system that's why they'll always uh you know you you go to them for things because it feels out of the ordinary the heaviness the anxiety the depression whatever mm. suicidal ideations yeah. and they immediately instead of trying to get you to um look at that from a different perspective as 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 your body sending you messages uh, to to get in alignment and that maybe you need some changes that maybe these systems aren't working for you mm. they put you on stuff that just gets you right back in line, but it's, mm. but you're sacrificing something. Yeah, you're you're sacrificing something. Like it reminds me of the way people talk about like the way records sound as opposed to an MP3. Mm. Like you hear a record and you're like, oh my god, this mm -hmm. is music. That's music. I've been listening to mm -hmm. MP3s. Yes, got me through. Mm -hmm. It counts. It's music, and it yeah, I, yeah. I can still do the thing. But hearing it live or on a record, whoa. Whoa. That's the full spectrum. And I yeah. feel like, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, when, when you have a system that's just like prioritizing survival and getting you back to work yeah. over, over like what's good for you and good for your temple and, how, and, and, lis and teaching people how to listen to their body. Yeah. Rather than medicate any problem or trauma that you have and how it's showing up in your life is like because we medicate it, as we know, it's like we don't get to the root issue of stuff and we just are like, okay, let's just pill this thing up so we can get people back to work rather yeah. than wanting to do some fundamental and foundational changes, which is kind of what we see that we need on a structural level. We need a fundamental and foundational changes to how we, mm. what we prioritize and, and prioritizing people over money and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like what would you imagine New York to be? To follow what you just said, to follow what you just said, like how would you imagine walking through a day in the city? You know how days in the city are, you know, yeah. like walking through the city or doing an errand or how would the city feel different? I feel like it would feel kind of how it feels um, like what's what's that Orthodox Jewish holiday? Purim? Purim? Is it Purim? Pur yeah. yeah. Hot Rosh Hashanah is coming up. Like Where they're all in costumes and everyone's outside. And people are just drifting in and out of their each other's really? apartments. That's yeah. Nice. Oh, it's awesome. Go through South Williamsburg on that day. It's incredible. Okay. Yeah. But like how it is on Halloween. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's like an like ecstatic, That's how, joyous, like acknowledgement. Every day would be that. Like you'd go yeah. out there and you'd be like, oh man, everyone has the dopest costumes on. Fuck, yeah. I should have taken my shit up yeah. a notch today. It's not just about survival. I love New York on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Real. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that every day. Yeah. Oh, every I day. About and just this. like live music going on and vibes. Yeah, vibes. Vibes. Like what we got going on in here, everyone's trying to. Tr- yeah. trying to match and top this vibe yeah and and they're like welcoming you in yeah, and they got like tuning forks and yeah <laughs> and because bongs. they're like yeah like money and rent and all and healthcare and all these yeah. things aren't controlling people's lives yeah so we're learning how to connect better and we're letting our walls down we're letting people in yeah. and we're starting to establish real community real community and real bonds because real community you don't let someone go homeless are you yeah you don't kidding me yeah they have to really want to be sleeping on the concrete for the for, yeah. you know be like i got a place yeah. for you any kind of yeah. getting someone institutionalized like yeah. these are these are last resort last measures. resorts like we could also do really low budget ways of living where it's like okay there's going to be some temporary places where you maybe don't have yeah. a house but we at least have public showers and public bathrooms yeah, and yeah. and you know houses i know houses i know Fuck houses that. i this know houses but it's just so houses. inhumane right now that even finding a place to take a shit is like impossible oh you yeah know? out in the city right like oh it, yeah finding know. a garbage can finding a a, a place it's to take a warm reason. hot i know it's for a reason i'm just saying it's so mm-hmm. insane to me yep. yeah yeah that i'm like can we at least in the interim as we work towards our utopic do some common <laughs> sense some things. Yeah, some freaking common some bathtubs. sense. Like I think, like in was it in Paris? Like, don't they have like those like slots you put in like a quarter or two and you go and you can yeah, you can take go to the bathroom. You can go to the bathroom in, in privacy and in peace and yeah, everything like that. Yeah, for a price. For a price, yeah. You to yeah. use the bathroom, it's it's going to cost you, it's which is so fun. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah like, so yeah. freaking ridiculous. We've normalized so many forms of indignity. And, you know, the ultimate one, and like mm. we, were, we were just saying to each other how homelessness is not a fuck up of capitalism. It's a function of it. And we've normalized these indignities to keep us going back to work. Exactly. Because what they say is like, oh, well, we can't house the homeless because then no one would work. It's like, yeah, no, no one would take your fucking underpaid minimum wage bullshit job, job. with no men- benefits where you fire them for after they've worked there for a year so you don't have you to drug give them test any, them you drug test them it's like yeah you know you wouldn't be able to exploit workers in the same way yeah that's true no it's the fear of no. poverty not, yeah. and not just the poverty but the kind of poverty that exists in the united states yeah which doesn't have the welfare net that say the, the scandinavian countries do mm-hmm. right which i definitely want to visit because i just want to s- see like how they do their thing but then in poor countries that even our safety net, uh, net doesn't exist, right? Mm. But you're right. It's like wh- if you think that poverty is going to mean you're starving and shivering to death in the street, then you're going to work for shit. Yes. And you're going to shovel that exactly. shit. Because you need it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. you'd rather shovel shit and have like some place to sleep at night than be like panicked and afraid and, and terrified and scared. Yeah. I, and it, I'm just like, it's and that's a necessary like, part of this. I'm like, you know, our economy is not that important. No, our economy. That's the whole. It's not that worthwhile. Like, no, I just think like in, in the scope of like evolution, when you're looking at like the spans of millions of years of life on this planet, are you telling me that the wonder of sentient creatures who can peer out into the universe and create satellites that can sense the very beginning of time and space itself should be like relegated to like flipping burgers or dying in the streets from <laughs> lack of food? 
Like I used yeah. like this is crazy. This like we're able to do that, and you're asking us to do this. Well, like it's such yeah. a, it's such a waste, and we may be the only game in the universe. I don't know. Shit, I doubt yeah. it. I hope not. But if we are like the only ones that, at this particular ribbon bandwidth of time, like I just think there's more important things that we can do than fighting over like ooh ooh Medicare for all ooh, ooh, yeah. like you know this border belongs to me. I'm like I'm sure we could figure it out. You fuck. Yeah, we well I think would. that's where it goes to the 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 real sickness that we can't really um, name and that isn't hasn't been articulated or diagnosed, but the sickness of greed and yeah. separation and and thinking you need to save millions and billions of dollars for generational wealth or that you need to hoard or go make sure your money's in offshore accounts or um work your ass off but not share it or whatever it is it's like that that's the sickness and i i'm not saying that i'm immune from it i you know what i mean it's in all of us at all levels of the social stratosphere you know the the clinging the preservation the self-preservation the like you know what i mean but it's like it's an it's an act of unlearning you know yeah it's a, a a reprogramming that's that's required. That the more you give, the more you get. The you know. Um. Yeah, and it's like what your documentaries and like so much of what you both of you do show is like, oh, you know, you actually there's places in this world, thriving festivals, you know, caravans of nomads, you know, older people who want to go into the desert, you know, with some psychedelics. Like it's it's like yeah, it's like you know, there's so much of this culture that's constantly like bubbling up against this. You know, and it's yeah. everywhere all the time. Like whether people like step out of work to go grab a couple of beers somewhere. Like there's always like people like saying finding escape routes out of the system. Yeah. And you there's know? people doing it full time. And those are the freaks that we love. Yeah. And, and you just got to trust that if you feel that in your heart that you want to be a freak for a little bit. Yeah. Like your people are out there. Your people are out <laughs> yeah. there. Your people are out there. You know? Yeah, it's so funny. It's almost easier to find your people when you are a freak. Because, yeah. you know, I mean. Liking a certain car or whatever, that's not your people. Like, that's, I mean, I guess it is. I'm not trying to talk or shit. Or a sports or, team. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking shit. I don't know. You found your people. Great. Good for you. But when you, like, have some weird kink and you can find someone who also likes that kink, it's like, whoa, like, that's really your people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a way to connect with people of all the different freaks. And you don't have to, it's so out in the open that you don't have to be limited to like, you know, hanging out with just the people who like their balls stomped in the same way or whatever <laughs> it is. Cause oh, you're really s- taking it into a <laughs> yeah, fucking that's true, crazy though. No, dimension. That's true. No, but that's real. That's it's real. Because it's like, fuck, I have to spend all my time with you because we just have the same like sexual proclivity that doesn't make sense to me either uh, to, so. well to me it's just yeah. like i i enjoy hanging out with other acid heads mm. you know i, I feel like that's we different speak the, we speak it's the a same da- language. language yeah you know the the like that's a kink that's a deviation that's something that's not allowed well i guess the ball stompers speak the same language too absolutely yeah, yeah, so yeah. Absolutely. i'm talking a lot of shit right now i'm pretty blazed so <laughs> i stand by that's nothing some good, that's some good shit that's a lot better shit you're talking great shit yeah that's some great literally that's you know what that could be a burger <laughs> shape that shit into a burger put it on some lettuce and tomatoes and croutons <laughs> good the you aliens would love it the aliens would be can i get some of that shit burger mm-hmm. that the freak made mm-hmm. the other day yeah i'm living in service <laughs> to the aliens for when they come yeah. <laughs> i want them to know that i'm like i'm excited that is a good thing to live in service of like what would, what would make them proud s- yeah i want to live in service to the aliens right that would be yeah. pretty awesome like what, what do the aliens need? I guess you have to kind of figure that out. I think that they need music and art, and like that's what Cass and I try to do. We try to like I play the music, she makes the art, and we just do. They our would thing. beam both of you up so quick. I hope they'd be like, can we find like the most authentic 
<laughs> ones and they'd be bzing, bzing, and you'd just be up and it'd be like an all of it'd be like all well lit shit i need to tone it down a notch i don't want to leave this plane of reality i'm having fun you're having fun you'd be like looking out the window and you're like oh my god there's williamsburg <laughs> <laughs> the, you know you know what like uh wh- where the freedom was for us this year because this has been the best year of our life somehow the freedom was in making it the best year of our life even though we had no control over what the fuck was going to mm. go down. Mm. We had no control. The freedom was and like, how, how do, do you make quarantine the most fun it's ever could possibly be? Like we're in a competitive sport now, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you think you can have a fun quarantine? Watch this. Watch this, Watch this shit. <laughs> yeah. That makes so much. I, I think y'all have been getting tens from the Russian judges on the quarantine. And they're the hardest judges. <laughs> I know. You know. We're always here for the Russians. Yeah. you're Always, <laughs> <laughs> always here. Who is it now? That's fucking a liberal catnip, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, dude. I'm fighting with people on fucking Facebook that I used to really hold up as smart fucking people who like can't understand why, um, like I just yeah think RussiaGate is kind of like a distraction so the so the neoliberals can keep like pushing ahead their agenda and like yeah it was, sure. it was a great excuse and like yeah. I'm, like people are like no but don't you understand what this is? I'm like what, did, did the Russians create racism? Did it was the, already did, here. Like, what the, did the yeah. Russians yeah. Uh, figure out how to disenfranchise like millions of voters, voters. in this country? Like, yeah. come on, man. You know, like just just trying to speak common sense to somebody who would be a great fighter. Yeah. But like, he's caught up on like some Rachel Maddow narrative, and it's just like, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny the battles that people pick. I think there's just so much bigger. Like, anytime I see somebody that I think is smart, get caught on some layer of the culture war. Like yes. I consider Russia gate in the culture in the war. Culture I'm like, war. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't we, you would be great at focus, focusing on corporate tyranny. You would be an amazing person to, you know, focus their life on fucking, uh, I don't, solidarity. Yes. And, and or, or, or fucking prison abolition. Like, but instead you're fucking fighting in the culture war, the fucking dumb media narratives that you're getting fed to think that there's the bad guy and the good guy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, it's really, it's, that's the thing that made me suspicious about this particular political moment was how the caricatures, I don't care if you hate someone for what they've actually done or actually like really said and actually meant and felt like, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure the intention is there, but it's like. But it's like I'm hearing such caricatures of other people. And again, yeah. I, I'm really sensitive to caricatures because I teach canonical literature. Mm. Like I literally have read War and Peace. Yeah. Yeah. And the dude, Iliad. You know your shit. Yeah. And the Iliad, <laughs> which I love. Right. Yeah. And I've also read the autobiography of Malcolm X and Frederick mm. Douglass and Asada. Mm. So it's just like I'm very sensitive to when people are bullshitting and using caricature you know yes and so when i when i hear both the left and the right like making caricatures of each other and be like i'm gonna kill you know a civil war and i'm like bro you're you're fighting you literally the the level of your intensity is increasing with the level of your ignorance of who the other person is because mm. you don't even know them like they're so much more complex than that and i'm aware of that because the art the genre of art that i deal with whether it's like you know stream of consciousness soliloquies confessional apologetics you know, you know, rite of passage. I mean, there are all these different genres and they all are incredibly complicated because people have thoughts in their heads and those thoughts in their heads 
oftentimes are in refusal of their own self-image. So mm-hmm. they have all of these kind of scandalous shadow thoughts mm-hmm. that are like gathering like a dark pool at the back of their brain, mm-hmm. you know, and then they don't know what to do with it. So they're like, comedian, can you laugh it off for me? You know, demagogue, can you make it angry and light it on fire? Um, you know, Hollywood, could you, could you put someone who's handsome or, or beautiful and, and portray my shadow? Like, wow. this is like this dark shadow in the back. Mm-hmm. And everyone has it. Everyone yeah. has a soliloquy in their head. You know, and and that, but that's natural. Mm. There, there has been no human being who doesn't have a soliloquy in the back of their head. Yeah. That's part of the package. Yeah, and but like, so that makes us complicated. And like, so this other like, now we're making characters of each other. Like, that's not even real. No, you know what I mean. Like, so it's just no. I hear what you're saying, and it's just like it's so frustrating to me. I'm gonna like, let the news convince me that yeah. my my family, who's gotten caught up in this Trump shit, are racist. They are a symptom of a fucking racist society. They're not racist. They're not against people. They're caught up in a fucking media narrative. They're caught up. I forgive them. I think that Donald Trump is the worst president we could possibly have. But everyone else is, too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's the fucking worst. He's the worst of the worst. But, but then, like, you know, at the, on, uh, as terrible as he is, like, did Obama not crush two social movements this year? He fucking made sure Bernie wasn't the nominee. He pulled strings and fucking made sure. He was like, yo, you're out, son. He, you're he out. Not, and, and he said it. He said it from early on. If Bernie's running away with this thing, I'll step in. No one knew how he was going to do it. He did it. And then yeah. on top of that. LeBron and the NBA players were going to do a wildcat strike and, he was just like, and yeah. shut down the playoffs. Whoa. Whoa. Nothing gives me chills anymore. Like all this performative shit, that gave me chills. I saw yeah. those tweets coming out. I was like, they're shutting down the NBA playoffs for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I mean. Whoa. And then Obama. Yeah, it was like, no, swooped don't, in and don't said, do it. Don't do it. I would don't love to it. be in that room. I want to know exactly kind of what was said and what ne- what he needed yeah! to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, how did he say it? What was the tone of voice? What were the words? You don't want to be on Obama's bad side. He's like a media mogul now. Like, he's a very powerful person. He's, yeah, he's powerful. And he also has a, has a good amount of money now. And I think that we just can't yes. really trust anyone who has a lot of money nowadays mm. and where their priorities are at and i i un, I, I think it's unfortunate yeah. but the truth is it does um but can you say more about that please like what is it what is it about having too much money that makes you a danger to the people because i feel you but like i'll, I'll be honest i think whether it's my own like fear insecurity, hypocrisy but i'm always like eh. could you break it down i mean when i break it down I think of them as like it makes him a good person, a good father, a good partner to say, how can I make sure that I'm wise with our money? Like it's not this huge maniacal thing. It's just it's dirty money soiled like we Uh. politics becomes dirty because I don't think until Citizens United is passed and I don't even know if that can happen where we take political incentive out of the poli- or uh, monetary incentive out of the political process. I mean, we have people who make money and in- with investments in pharmaceuticals who are there making the laws that our country are- is run by. It's just yeah. it's and or who supports their campaign. It's just unfortunately, I don't even hold it against anyone that it's impossible to be impartial. That includes Ob- Michelle and Barack Obama. Yeah, you, I, know? you know, I know what you mean, because when 
you let me know if you think that this is accurate, but the way that I felt was that when Bernie was getting money from small donations, I, I didn't think about it this way until you said it. I think I felt like that was clean money. Yeah, of course it is. It's it's the people. It's the people's it's money. The people's it's the money. people's it's money. It's not a corporation's money. And as much as people want to tell me that a corporation is people, I just, it's not. It's, it's people not. transformed into cogs of a machine. With their yeah. bottom line being the most important thing is to make more money make for their more. shareholders. And I see it when we get a job, you know, we know what we're there to do. We're there to make money. And I don't think that I'm outside of this purity. I think that money and power corrupt. And it's a sickness and we have to acknowledge that we are all affected by this sickness but it is a sickness and just we need to treat it and graciously extricate ourselves from those priorities with love and compassion and understanding like these are not evil people this is not an evil society it's a misguided maybe it is an evil society i i don't know i actually no but i think it's i think people for the most part look out for each other and let people in when they come on the street and, and hold the door and open like mm. little acts of kindness that help make the world go, go sm- round yeah. and go smoother. It's, it's a lot more of that than it is, you know, some asshole creating a ruckus like that. That's an asshole is in a lot of pain. Let's help the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You're right. Because all of those small acts of kindness are actually the lubricant that keep the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. absolutely right. Like, Society would stop if people didn't do like, hey, what time was it? Oh, can you give me the directions from here? Hold open the door. Like all those small little things that uh, the bus driver who just opens the door again because you just got done sprinting half a block to go catch the bus. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like. But we're taking advantage. They take advantage of our kindness because we don't want to look at the the senator or whatever it is and say, you motherfucker don't deserve the health care. Yeah. You, Paul Ryan, who's going to fucking retire at 40 years old and then have a fucking pension and health care for the rest of your life because you worked for the American people. We don't want to be unkind and say, fuck that. Fuck yeah. you. We want to say, no, that's like unkind. That would be mean. Like, we don't want to be mean. But they take advantage of that motherfucking shit. And yeah. I'm not saying we should be mean. I'm not calling for um, the guillotine, guillotines or whatever the fuck. Like, I just don't do that personally. I know what you mean. But you're just like, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. It's like, it's, it's like... The famous like poetic line I heard it's like, you know, you don't want to be a monster to defeat a monster. No. Like in other words, like you don't want to become who you're fighting to the point where then even if you defeat them, you actually want they just that monster continues in you in perpetuity. Like you just go on. And mm-hmm. we also want to assume the best in everyone. And I yeah. do that. And you assume the best in you. you assume yeah. Nancy Pelosi has good intentions. She's just having a hard time working with oh. the Republicans or whatever the fuck it is. I'm like, this is some rich bitch. Like, with love, I just think that this is bullshit. She should be out of politics. There should be a cap on how much people can make. $999 million, I'm cool with. Let's let's just try, see what society looks that, like yeah. if we cap the income at an egregious amount of money. Like a maximum income. Yeah, yeah. but an egregious amount of money. Like, $999 million is an egregious amount of money. But let's try society like that (laughs) because the truth is we don't call them kings but there's a reason that we don't have kings anymore they just took shape to know that they want to hide underneath the sheen of democracy and Mm. it's all such bullshit sorry i feel like i'm getting really worked up she's trying to uh her latest thing was she's trying to make sure that she's planting the seeds for joe biden not debating trump Oh. oh, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. Yeah, you know. She's I like, I don't think he should debate like, him personally. Wait, I, I think the only only 
only value would be the spectacle effect or some kind of gladiatorial combat. Combat, but you're talking about two. Two of these these guys are both in their seventies. It's Neither gonna be sad. Yeah, I wouldn't. I listened to something Trump was saying today. I'm like, he's all bullshit. Like, I don't even want to see him talk to Joe Rogan for four years, four hours, because yeah. it's just. Yeah, no, just, or for another so four years. Yeah. It's, I don't no, know. You know yeah. who actually, would, this is a weird thing. You know who I think actually would, would be a, a good president, oddly enough? I think Joe Rogan. He could maybe do it. I, no, could I he d- get elected? I think he could get elected. No, I, I just saying like that vibe of being open-hearted and open-minded and listening. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that kind like of. Like wanting there to be a better world. Yeah. Wanting to make the smartest decisions. Yeah, that's why one of his favorite. One of his favorite candidates was Tulsi Gabbard. And she very much yeah. is a smart, intelligent person who seems like she wants good intended yes. people working together to make yeah. change. Same with Andrew Yang. And she's Andrew against Yang. the war. And she's against I the war. Look really what they had Andrew to Yang. do to her. Look what they had to do to Tulsi Gabbard. Because her main thing is I am a veteran. A combat veteran, yeah. and I saw it up close. Yeah, that's the thing. She's and like, I'm against, I'm the, against these, yeah. these interventionist yeah. And somehow wars. she's a Russian asset. They had to destroy <laughs> yeah, her. Destroy she's her. a Russian asset. She, they, they had to pull out the big guns. They had yeah. to destroy her. They wouldn't let her on the debate stage. When they let Kamala Harris, she was pulling above Kamala Harris. They wouldn't let they wouldn't See, let Tulsi yeah. on the debate stage. Yeah, they, I know was, the deck was stacked. The deck oh, was stacked. dude! Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's. I really liked Andrew Yang too. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, just, he he, had, he was cool. He I did think, the work. I think what happens is people um, have a little fear that once we start following one good idea, that it's like a slippery slope. See, of it good is. Ideas. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was why they right. had to make Andrew right. Yang crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like UBI, and he was like. <laughs> but the thing is, he came across as the most kind of like nerdy, sensible dude. He was just like, I'm gonna check off. Off every like number box ever you know what i mean and i was just like you know i mean like he did the work I, I know what you mean though they're like one it's it's like the domino effect yeah they're like okay yep. we do this green new deal and then what are we gonna have to do do like ecological housing for everyone that sounds expensive but that's but that's the truth you of know? human nature like it's interesting because like i i so i mean i i by the time i was i was born the year that the vietnam war ended which means that growing up what I saw constantly in the movies and on the TV channels were movies about Vietnam. It was usually like American Hollywood trying to either apologize to the vets for Vietnam or trying to glorify it in some way, right? Like yeah. that's what it was, 70s and 80s. Yeah. But the reason I bring that up is because they had the domino, what they called the domino effect. The, the American political class during those wars feared that if Vietnam fell, it would lead to a domino effect where the, quote, Reds, the communists, would take over mm-hmm. all of South Asia. And, and the reason... It, but the reason they thought that was the same reason that the French Revolution also succeeded. Because in the French Revolution, the media was so much more basic. Like, it was like those wood cuttings. And, you know, you took like this big, like, copy printer and you went, mm. you know, and yeah. you took like this printing press. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you know, yeah. and so, but what happens is that people told stories mm-hmm. and they saw cutouts. And then they were like, oh my God, the French peasants are doing this. And then they began to imitate them. Part of human nature is imitation. I'm seeing that every day mm. with all the children at the playgrounds and at the daycare. What do they do? They imitate the adults. Mm. Yeah. And adults imitate other adults, especially if they think they're higher rank mm. or they're of a higher truth. Yeah. Mm. And so yes. they're seeing and so they imitate people. And what, and what a natural fear of authority is, if that example goes on, it will be a domino effect of double consciousness reflecting imagery across people's lives until yeah. it becomes continents and it becomes like whole centuries. And so, you know, human, human nature is very reflective and ignitable. Mm. Mm. It's like fires in the mirror. Yeah. Right. So that's like, and so when I'm, I'm saying, so I, I get it. 
So all the protests that happen now, they had protests about George Floyd and like I think I don't know like Denmark, Mars. Yeah, yeah I think on like Saturn fuck, there was man. like a protest. I mean, just I'm saying like there's like even places where you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that that was an issue there. Totally, they see it. And they then, see it, and then they. Well, it, it makes me feel like the military-industrial complex. While we say it's been an epic failure, it's been a massive success. You know, it's just we just don't agree with what they're fighting and what yeah. they're doing and what their priorities are. You know, we would actually probably. I mean. To, to make the earth continuing to be habitable for our species, we, we would honestly probably have to take not only an army of labor, like millions of people like laboring, mm. but also the military. We would have to say, look, you actually can't fight this century because we need all of those men with that upper body strength to fucking start building, lifting, fusing, kicking, digging, get that shit done. And, and like get that yeah. shit done now. Yeah. Because like if you don't get it done, like we're baked. Yeah, that's it. Like the earth is baked. And there's that fight club room that if they need to get off some steam Go Go to yeah. the fight club room. Yeah, man. go go fight club. That or includes go build a like windmill. the fucking top people. Well yeah. we'll let out all the prisoners and with the one condition that they have to plant twenty five hundred trees a year. Or some shit. You know, there'll be some prisoners who'll be like, uh, keep me in jail. <laughs> 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 keep me in jail. Fuck that. It's uh, a, a lot of trees. Three. But, I mean, planting, you see those those make me smile stories where, yeah. you know, some old man or some couple plants, like, a tree a day for 30 years. And yeah. they turn, like, this arid environment into this lush, We uh, can turn thriving. this fucker around. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's possible. It's doable. It's got to happen. So... Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Sorry, I'm not trying to wrap it up. No, yeah, no, you're no, the best. Lot, no, but we, I know. <laughs> you're the fucking best. We just went there. <laughs> yeah, we brought the freak storm. We did. Yeah, I felt it was man. like lightning, like just coming down. Yeah, man. And we were just jumping from one lightning bolt to yeah. another. And we're like, yeah, this that was is fun. I was like, I don't even know what we're talking about. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't have a plan. Sometimes I'll write stuff down. Like, okay, what do we want to cover? And it was just kind of like, let's just. And that's the beauty. We say, like, this is how we hang out. This we, is how we hang it's out, always yeah. so great that we have to record it. And I'm so grateful that we do. And I'm so grateful that you've, you don't resist that that's the container in which our friendship takes and that we just all oh. like enjoy ourselves so much together. Well, it allows our friendship to invite more friends in. Yeah, no, this is a collective friendship. Yeah. Like our friendship yeah. it exists outside of this, but 99% of our friendship you've been privy to. So. Yeah, I really, no, it's good. And then like every, other people can see us and they can model that behavior and they can be like, oh, this is how friends bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> this is how friends talk. Yeah, yeah. man fucking incredible thank you uh how can people find you or see your work or enjoy um, you it's uh where is it it's on the independent.org cool right so i-n-d-y because we're independent from from grammar spelling mm-hmm. that's where most of the stuff is truthout.com um and you know i mean like the stuff i'm saying it's great but i, I would just say folks do something creative don't even don't, you know you probably spent too much time in front of a screen the last thing you need to do is see me Actually, just turn that fucker off. Go outside. Do have a good time. Creative. Do something creative. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Or, or do you just lay underneath the clouds and stare at the clouds and make faces in the clouds? Like, really? I'm the last thing that you really need to need right now. Go outside. Uh, go, talk go about I, But, stage. well, I would say that your writing is uh, very compelling. And it, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really appreciate how you can articulate ideas. I, it helps me think uh, in new ways. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to read anything... Having to do with this world, read Nick's work. So, oh, um, 
I would counter that completely. Go for a walk and, and then <laughs> and then get, read it and then and <laughs> then, then and then educate yourself. So yeah. um, thank you, cool. I appreciate. We that. love you, Nick. Thank you. We love you. I love both of you. Thank you. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Peace and love, you crazy fuckers. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs>